Angela Marshall, creative content consultant, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 142, entitled Struggle, Strength, and Success. Now, again, to all of my listeners, these titles that come about, which this is just a cliche that everybody's talking about out there on social media and basically saying, Greg, how do you come up with these titles? How do you develop the content and so forth and so on? Well, again, I met an amazing individual, and these are basically her words. It's her title. So, I mean, I just pull them. I just uplift them off the information that she gave us. And so today we're going to have an in-depth discussion around struggle, strength, and success. And I'll tell you, it's going to be something that you may want to hold on to your earbuds. And so I'm going to start this out with a quote that I found. And it goes like this. It says, strength doesn't come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardship and decide not to surrender, that is your strength. And that was written by the none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. So our featured guest today She's got so many accolades, and she's done so many great things in her body of work and in her lifetime. It's going to be a mouthful for me to ensure that I give her the proper due diligence, but we aim to please and leave her in a shock and awe after this introduction. And so I am going to start by saying Today, our featured guest is a public speaker, professional writer, columnist, best-selling author, creative consultant, ex-NFL wife, and business owner of, in other words, by Stone. Her topics of expertise, but are not limited to, converting down in lives, wins, making positive plays every day, and the score that doesn't count. She teaches enlightenment and shares motivation and transparent topics to encourage struggles to strength. She's also inspired minds to stretch and evolve across the globe. Her heart and passion liberates, illuminates, and motivates others as appropriately as her nickname, Wise Word Woman. Also known as Author Stone, she is a native of Augusta, Georgia, providing positive words powerhouse incentives, and utilizing her personal experience of struggle, strength, and success to captivate audiences and readers abroad. She resigned from her 20-year corporate world to embrace the purpose that she pursued throughout her life to be unmasked, unchained, and untamed. She struggled throughout the lavish but sore-lacking lifestyle as a former 
NFL wife, that chapter in her life produced the transparent and the inspiring, inquiring minds wanting to know an autobiography, which was entitled Reality to Rags to Riches, the story and the life of an ex-NFL wife. She has graced influence platforms across the globe and is also featured author in The Woman Who Leads, an anthology chronicle of successful women across the globe. Now, like I said, that was a mouthful, and everybody knows that I try and do a bang-up job introducing our featured guests. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miss Angela Marshall. Do you have any opening remarks? Wow, you are correct, Greg. That is a mouthful, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I will say I am so elated and so stoked to be a guest on Cut to the Chase because that is so befitting with my title as far as being able to help people live vicariously through themselves. Cut Mm -hmm. to the chase. (laughs) Right, right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Uh, we're glad that you reached out. Your story is is obviously quite remarkable in all of your body of work. Um, you know, the accolades just don't speak enough in words to really represent the true professional and amazing person that you are. And like I said, once again, we're delighted to have you on our program. Thank you for having me. So, Angela, you ready to cut to the chase? Let's do it. All right. All right. All right. So, Angela, you know, as I read in your bio, you know, I think the one thing that stands out the most is the fact that, you know, people are always interested and intrigued by the lavish life of, you know, celebrities and stars and songwriters and actresses and so forth and so on, which obviously led you to write reality rag to riches. Help us understand what was that life like living as an NFL wife? So first and foremost, I want to say that writing the book is not a tell all, is not bashing, sure, not denouncing <laughs> it's sure, those sure. things. It's purely my point of view as far as the life that I lived the people that I met, the experiences that I had an opportunity to be exposed to. But Mm -hmm. most importantly, it was just the lack of growth and maturity mentally and emotionally, socially, culturally, and definitely Mm -hmm. spiritually on my side, on my part. So writing the book, Reality to Rags to Riches, it it gave me an opportunity for me to just share my perspective of being you know, one who was supposedly revered by even strangers that Mm -hmm. was like, hey, you know, I wish I I had your life or I wish, what was that life like? And it was just so, I guess the, um, put it like this, the amount of times that I had heard that I would really be wealthy if I could just collect money. (laughs) Sure, sure. But I wanted people to know that Regardless of the fame or the glitz or the glamour, the true riches in life are things that you cannot replace. Mm -hmm. So if you can replace it, that's money, objects, materialistic things. If you can replace it, it's not a true riches. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. was just from my perspective. The book 
the second step to the book was to free me because I had a lot of, I guess, um, unresolved issues and different things that held me back and held me down. Mm -hmm. So now I'm able to, you know, really just talk about the certain parts, which is reality is a section, rags is a section, and then riches is a section in the book in which I just really, you know, thank my ex-husband for the opportunity Mm -hmm. to have Mm -hmm. that lifestyle as mm-hmm. well as, you know, give me a gave me a different um, perspective to what I needed to do and how I needed to do things a little bit better so that I could help people instead of them living vicariously through me to live vicariously through themselves or instead of them living vicariously through that lifestyle, live vicariously through yourself. Right, right. To- totally can concur with, with what you're stating there, because one of the things that that really stands out in the whole aspect of individuals that that look at these people and idolize them and worship them is that there is a hidden struggle. And that hidden struggle not only is coming from the person that's idolizing someone else, but it may also be coming from the person that you're idolizing because having these types of lavish lifestyles and fortunes and fame it typically isolates you from the rest of the world. You don't really have the fortitude to kind of enjoy and embody the things that you would normally do if your name wasn't in lights or if you wouldn't be in photographed or or having to, to live a certain way in the public eye. And is there anything that you could elaborate on uh, about that to us? Well, one of the things that was really difficult for me is the show must go on. Meaning when you're struggling with your spouse, which my ex-husband and I had very, I mean, like a lot of difficulties and differences. Mm -hmm. When you step outside of your four walls, it has to be a perfect patty uh, relationship or family. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're going through things with your children or with your family members, when the lights come on, you have to just put on this mask as if I'm so happy. I'm so healthy. (laughs) I'm so you know, just elated in every category and and every situation. And that was not the case. That was very difficult for me. I -hmm. have never been one, Gregory, to put on a poker face. Mm -hmm. So whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm going through, usually will be told on my face or through my attitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was very, very, um, it was very difficult for me because I was often told, you know, no, you can't, uh, you know, discuss this or you can't have this type of, of uh, reaction because, you know, he is going to affect him playing football or is going to affect, you know, the perception of, of his image. I was told that a lot. So mm-hmm. that just caused me to really suppress a lot of things within our relationship, um, which, of course, as you know, when you don't tackle the little things when you have a very limited communication, it causes problems. Oh, absolutely. So that was a big that was a big one for me. And the second big one was just the image of what an NFL wife or professional athlete's wife was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So of course, I look very different now. I have you know my natural uh, curl pattern with my hair and 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 whatnot. Wear very little uh, makeup, things of that mm-hmm. nature, mm-hmm. but. You know, most of the wives were very, very glamorous in their own right, in their own respect, not, Mm -hmm. again, you know, um, making any type of of shade, throwing any shade at anybody. Sure. It's just that, you know, I wanted to be me. 
And I mm-hmm. wanted to um, dress how I wanted to dress. I wanted to, you know, look how I wanted to look. But in that world, it's like almost an unspoken um, societal rule that, you know, all I have, you got to kind of fit into this cookie cutter mold. Mm-hmm. And so I had trouble with that as well. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think rightfully so. Um, you know, my statement earlier with, with the fact of someone looking to live vicariously through through someone else's lens, you know, they really don't know if the grass is truly greener on the other side. And uh, in the case that you've explained to us, you know, it, it, it certainly perception can be one thing. Like you said, the, the show must go on, you know, when the lights come on, you're outside of your house and you're in a public eye this is the way you're supposed to be. But, you know, it goes back to almost like it reminds me of like, you know, as, as people say, you know, you grow up as a kid and your parents say, all right, go sit in the corner or go get me a belt because you're going to, I'm going to spank you or something like that. When you suppress all of that and you find no way to release that struggle, that internal struggle, that it really takes hold of your life. And one of the things that came out of that is something that, Someone had wrote into us as we were trying to, um, you know, put all this program together. And basically they said they're very curious with regards to your struggles. And the question kind of goes like this. No matter how much it hurts. Now, someday you will look back and realize your struggles, your change in your life was for the better. And so the question there is, is at the point of you transitioning from the struggles that you had by being an, you know, an ex NFL, you know, someone in the public eye, public figures life. And now we begin to kind of transform into you figuring out what was best for you and transitioning into taking that first step into strength. How did you go about doing that? Well, I attribute my transformation to one single um, episode, and that was the death of my mother. Now, I know to some that sounds really dismal. It's like, wait, a death trigno- uh, you know, transformed you to live? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My mother was one who lived a vicarious life. I mean, through herself. She traveled. She did everything that she wanted to do. And as a young, as a little girl being raised by my grandparents and not her, I always, I was envious. And then I was also very, you know, very hurt. And and, uh, I guess I detested her for it. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of her life, we actually, you know, were able to have that one life-changing conversation where she told me, you know, why she had to leave me with my grandparents, which actually it was a better fit at that particular time. She wasn't financially, she wasn't mentally, she wasn't emotionally stable to raise me or mm-hmm. to rear me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of, you know, that freed me up. That freed me up quite a bit for me to understand, okay, all of this hatred and disdain that I've been carrying around for this woman who actually gave me life. But I mean, you know, I didn't know any better at the time there was there was a method to the madness behind it. Mm-hmm. And I am a better person because of it. And I can see that. Mm-hmm. But it's just something within me as I watched her go from, you know, a vibrant young woman to living her life full, living it free and living it out loud. I watched her 
transition to death right before my eyes every single day for three months. And it just did something. It just sparked something in me. I don't know. I can't really describe it because I don't want people to think, well, you know, are you trying to say that you weren't really living before then? Because there, there are lots of, of moving parts in that. So, you know, there are parts with my ex-husband that were wonderful. There are parts with my children, all wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, with my friends and family members, memories, um, you know, events, gatherings, all wonderful. However, for whatever reason, at that moment, when my mom transitioned the, the night um, that she transitioned, it's as if something in her really you know, sparked life in me to say, okay, from this point forward, you need to live and you, you need to live a free life. Mm. You know, I, I can, I can hear the emotional, you know, kind of turmoil that, that you were dealing with at that time. And, you know, a lot of our listeners know, for me, I dealt with resentment. I dealt with, you know, anger and other various things towards my father going through something very similar, you know, by his bedside for about 60 days before he passed away. And, you know, the epiphany for me was understanding what a great person he was through the eyes of others that came in and provided their testimonial as they came in to visit him in in the hospice. And despite everything that I had held, you know, for 18 some odd plus years, or maybe even longer because, you know, he didn't show up at a track meet or, you know, I wanted him to be there in the stands rooting for me, you know, just like every other parent, but yet he was working and trying to provide, you know, those things for me were like a reset, you know, they had bubbled up for so long throughout my life. And when my dad grabbed my hand and he basically said, son, you know, I respect and appreciate who you've become as a human being, as a person, as a man. And, you know, before I leave this world, I want to let you know that from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, right at that moment where you talked about the fact that things became whole for you, well, they became whole for me too at that moment in time, you know, that struggle and that mental anguish you know, it, 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 it didn't actually dissolve instantaneously, but what it did spark was a light. And that light was, Hey, you're not happy where you're at in your life right now. And it's time to make a change. It's time to do a reset. It's time to do a restart or whatever, whatever, you know, adverb or, or, or verb anybody wants to consider plugging in there. You know, at that moment in time for me, it was like, I was in a in a, a situation for his marriage that I that I didn't you know uh, really favor uh, because it wasn't going in a positive manner. Um, you know, I had two beautiful daughters, and I just felt that you know I was living with with my ex, and and, and you know, we were constantly creating kind of a hostile, very toxic environment for my kids, and I was just like, this is not working. And you know, just the the mind, you know trips that were going on, you know, from, you know, narcissistic behaviors and things like that. And I was just like, you know what, I've got to look deep at me first and get me sorted out and get me back on the track that was 
that was needed to satisfy me internally. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic and, you know, our, my condolences go out to you as far as your, your mom is concerned, but I can relate to that holistically because I shared something, what I would consider to be quite the same intimate experience. And, uh, it was tough, you know, it was very, very tough, you know, to go through that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, you know, the struggles themselves, as as people say, they produce uh, an understanding and appreciation for, you know, a much better life. And so for you, how long after your mother passed was the transition for you to begin to step into kind of where your body of work has transitioned transition you today, you know, as far as being a writer and a columnist and, you know, best-selling author, was that a period of time in your life that you went through soul searching and, and maybe, maybe therapy to, to get yourself back to where you wanted to be uh, before you started pursuing other endeavors? Walk us through how, how that was. Absolutely. It was a period of three years, Gregory. <laughs> wow. Well, there's something about the number three, because I think it uh, symbolizes completeness, I believe. Um, but at any rate, yes, it was three years for me to all of the things that you just named for mm-hmm. the therapy, for the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the reflections, um, anger, denial, um, sadness, joy. I mean, you name it. It was, I'll, let me put it like this. For three years, I went from being a grounded caterpillar, went into my cocoon and then flourished as a butterfly. Wow. That's, that's the, the best way that I can. And that's probably why I love butterflies to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so, It was something that the turn in my life at that particular time, I think that had I not made the necessary adjustments, my mind would have killed me. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was going through so many different things, um, a range of, of emotions until I believe that my mother's will, and again, like I said, her zeal for life and just how she lived so full and so free every single second of every minute of every day, it just, it it willed me. It hit, helped me to get over those humps that I needed to, um, along with therapy. I know a lot of people think, you know, kind of throwing around the mental health um, awareness mm-hmm. and, and things like that, mm-hmm. but it's really, really important that you keep your mind in a space that is positive, that is productive, and that is progressive. Yeah. And for me during those three years, it just meant surrounding myself with amazing people that were able to help me to do that. It also meant cutting off people that I've, you know, either I was not adding value to their life, they weren't adding value to mine. Mm-hmm. So again, just going from that grounded caterpillar to the butterfly was a three-year period. Now, with that being said, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit 
she's still all over the place because of course some certain days are better than others <laughs> certain sure. months, certain months are better than others so i'm still fighting that cocoon I, I think sometimes my wing is like clipped or broken but i am definitely dedicated to seeing this thing through because i truly believe that one of the reasons why i was placed on earth at this particular time is to actually help people to live vicariously through themselves. There's so many angles that I could take my platform, um, take my platform from, mm -hmm. not just from being a former NFL wife, because that's just one facet of it, but there's right. just so many others from being an unwed, you know, a teen uh, pregnant mom being light skinned during this, you know, especially this social climate now. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's just like a, a barrage of things that, you know, that makes me further know that the three years that I spent after my mom with that transition, trying to really come into this life that I have now. And I call it a life because Prior to it was a lifestyle, and that's and to me that denotes something a little different because lifestyles you can have some lies in there, sure. <laughs> but with the life, um, you know, whatever it is, it is you 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 can't you can't hide from it. You can't run from it. You know. <laughs> mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there's that that transitional moment when you finally are starting to take the first steps from struggle to re-strengthening re-strengthening and reconditioning your mind, your body, your soul, you know, your health and your spirit, you know, and all of the things that go into that, you know, that that can be very torturous because you know, sometimes you 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 tend to to divert back into some of those bad habits. And, and for me during that time, uh, when my father, um, passed away, I was pretty much on the spiral of just, um, you know, being eight feet above the grave, I guess, because it was like, you know, everything that crumbled and fall fallen apart and, you know, just, you know, life was not where I thought it should be. And, uh, you know, I was embodied by, by Christ and embodied by, you know, the people that were around me at the time. And, and eventually, you know, all of that came to pass, but it was a, it was a struggle. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a brutal, brutal struggle. And then on top of that to boot, I wasn't even living here in the U S dealing with all of this. You know, I was living in, I was living in Latin America. I was in a different country, you know, on, on top of that. So no real relatable outlet emotionally to deal with, you know, things that typically would go on in a, in a type of community discussion to relate to other, you know, um, you know, blacks. I, I, I didn't have that as an outlet, you know, to be able to, to, to tap into any of those things, you know, it was always a phone call. Uh, there was no, there was really not a person there where I was living that I could really, you know, tap into, to, to really talk about those deep spiritual, you know, soul, soul kind of connecting type of discussions. And so that made it even more difficult, you know, cause I was on an executive staff. I had people working for me and, you know, like you said, you have to show up <laughs> when the lights are on, you have to show up. And so 
it was uh, <laughs> it was it was it was torture you know on on the backside of that you know every single day until you know i met my angel you know my wife today and uh you know things you know from that point on started to look you know much greater you know and and much more fulfilling to really bring me back to the grassroots of purposeful meaning of life and being able to love unconditionally and being able to be supported unconditionally and kind of move that needle from struggle to strength in a very positive manner. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm truly blessed, you know, for that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So Angela, you know, we've talked, you know, about your struggles and then we're coming into, you know, the tranche of your strengths. So as a part of your strength moving forward after the three-year period, did you immediately jump into, you know, your professional writing career or were you still a part of, you know, kind of the corporate C-level suite of of corporate America and, and, and trying to make that that determination as to what would be best for you? Nope. I jumped head first. (laughs) I dove Mm -hmm. head first, jumped off the cliff, however you want to say it, Mm -hmm. into forming my own business, which is in other words, by stone. Mm -hmm. And I didn't look back and Mm -hmm. I still haven't, you know, I'm not saying I haven't shifted my eyes from time to time. Like what in the world was I thinking? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. Corporate uh, comfort with benefits and a steady uh, paycheck and all of that. But it has been the most fulfilling and rewarding for me to actually walk in the journey that I was created to walk. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's just, it, it's, it's been, um, I will say, if I had to go back and do everything all over again, I would mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. without hesitation. I would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know that that's another similarity or another common uh, commonality between you and I is the fact that uh, you know I I spent X number of years in the in the corporate you know managerial C level uh, positions and just for me I never had that sense of fulfillment the way that I thought I should have that sense of fulfillment because there was always someone with their thumb on you or someone looking over your shoulder. And so I kind of transitioned back and forth between, you know, entrepreneurship as well as being employed. And it's really crazy because, you know, as I look back on my journey, I I kind of played in what people call moonlighting, you know, and a lot of people are like, what? Moonlighting? I was like, I was like, yeah, moonlighting was a, was a word. And it wasn't like I was smuggling, you know, moonshine or, you know, something, you know, dealing with the like kind of like prohibition or alcohol or anything like that. It was, it was properly, I would work my full-time job Monday through Thursday. And then on, you know, Thursday evening or early Friday morning, I'd be on a plane going to a project and, and working through the weekend for a client. And, uh, and, and really, you know, that was the notion for me and the passion and the desire to basically say, at some point in life, I am going to step away from corporate America. I am no longer going to have to be under this umbrella of corporate and be on my own, you know, in a way that I can control 
kind of a little bit more of my own destiny and own journey versus uh, the way that it had been for so, so many years, you know, working with these large engineering companies and high tech companies and, and being tied into their political bureaucracy in their day to day. So I know you can relate to all these different things. So Listen, 100%. But what I found is that, you know, I know that that's not everybody's destiny. Right. So there are people that absolutely love corporate. They love, uh, you know, building and putting, pouring into another person's dream. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. okay. It's just for me and what I want to do in the journey. At the end of the day, the legacy that I want to leave with this journey that I'm on is one where I have inspired, I have influenced, and I have impacted people. And the only way that I found to do that is through my words, work, and wisdom. Now, sure. when I was with corporate, you know, I was still influencing and, and inspiring people, good and bad. Mm -hmm, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? But I think for me right now and having the opportunity to do what I do, it's just it's more of me being able to give more of myself. The, the best thing that I love about entrepreneurship is that I own my own time. Sure. I have no one telling me when to take vacation, when I can be off, how many days a week I need to do X, Y, Z, none of that. Mm -hmm. so that alone takes, for me, it takes away a lot of the stress of, you know, my day-to-day -day activities. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. I I always tell people when they ask me, you know, you know, how do you have the strength to just walk away from, from something that you know, like you said, like you stated, you know, a lot of people tend to gravitate towards that, that steadiness and that stability, which, which is, which is great, you know? And, um, I always leave them with the, with the notion of a couple of things that always resonate with me when I stepped away myself personally. One is the ability to sacrifice where others will never put their toe in the water because if you're willing to do that, then, you know, you are well on your way to entrepreneurship. The second thing is, is asking yourself the question, are you built for this? Because a lot of times, doesn't matter what textbook you read, it doesn't matter how many uh, mastermind classes you sit through or cohorts or whatever the case may be. You know, entrepreneurship is not always a linear line from A to B. You know, there's going to be zigs and zags, ups and downs and things that you're not going to think about in all these different trials and tribulations. And the best way to succeed is to be affiliated or associated with someone that has gone through those struggles that can help guide, coach and mentor you and willing to take you underneath your wing when you decide to step out and make that decision. Because it is not easy. It is not easy at all under any pretense, you know, to be an entrepreneur, not to be a successful one. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's not even easy to live <laughs> from day That's to true. day. You take away the professional and you insert the personal. That right. is true as well. Like you have to be able to surround yourself with people that have been there, done that, and then are able to give you tips and tools to mm -hmm. help you. You know, I'm a firm believer in there are just certain uh, crosses that we must bear, certain burdens, certain things that we, we you know, must go through. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But when I have people uh, that are levels above me or, you know, I don't really want to use that word. Um, when I have people that have, have gone through some things and they can you know kind of reach back and, and help me to not go through those same you know, mistakes or, or mm-hmm. tell, teach me a different way how to go over a hurdle, count mm-hmm. me in. You mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't aspire to ever be the smartest one in the room. I may be the best looking. No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't want your listeners to be like, oh, she's vain. That I'm, I, just threw that in kind of, <laughs> I just threw that in to kind of make people laugh. <laughs> I don't aspire to be the smartest because I always want to be in a mindset of growth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I just feel like you can learn something from anybody. It doesn't matter even from a child. My grandchildren prove that to me every single day because I learn from them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a contributing fact in, in a lot of cases, you know, at least um, through my own professional experience, particularly as, you know, relates back to the topic that we're talking about, is that, you know, there's value added based on every person, whether they're, you know, years of experience or no experience, whether they're white, black, blue, or green, there's always significant value because, you know, that's what makes us unique and the way that we think in our philosophy and our cultures and who we are as human beings that bring things to the forefront that allow for us, not only as a society, but as a world to be able to move ourselves forward. And so, I just love it when, when people, you know, for, for lack of better terms, they hear me talk, they hear me speak, and then I show up and you see their face and they're like, uh, you're, you're the guy. And I go, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm like, well, what did you expect? And then, you know, I'm just kind of chuckling inside. I'm going, yeah, I know what you expected. (laughs) Well, imagine for me, you know, this, the stereo and the stigma behind the um, NFL wife thing. Mm-hmm. I think that all the time, Gregory, people are like, you're nothing like I thought you would be. And I'm right. like, well, how did you think I would be? Because you've never said two words to me. Right. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, you know, you see certain things on TV. And again, disclaimer, not, mm-hmm. not reality wives or whoever on TV. Hey, if that's, mm-hmm. that's them and that's their personality. Um. But I just think that's a dangerous spot to group every person, you know, because by color, creed, uh, organization, whatever. I just think that's a that's, that's a, a dangerous spot to to hold people in, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 definitely uh, on point in in describing that, man. You know, we <clears throat> we tend to uh, get caught up and wrapped up in you know that a stigma. Or, or let those emotions run wild when, you know, we're, we're trying to go back to, to being that person that's trying to live vicariously through someone else. And all of these imaginary things cloud our better judgment. And uh, it's quite a shame that, you know, as we look at, for me, as I look at things today, that uh, sometimes, you know, I recognize that if you were dropped off, you know, the boat. And my, my, my parents would always tell me this all the time. If you were dropped off the boat with only, you know, a few things to, to survive, could you survive? And, you know, as I look at sometimes of what's going on here today in society, 
And I say, if I drop these kids off the boat with only a few things to survive, would they survive? I mean, it's it's almost like those skills are not taught anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so Angela, you know, we've talked about a lot of great points here, but it wouldn't do me any justice if we didn't talk about all of your successes. I mean, you've, you've gone through this transformation, you've figured out kind of, you know, the next step in life, you've jumped off the edge, you know, full force and, and become, you know, your own company and, and formalize your own business. So tell us about the successes because being a public speaker, professional writer, columnist, best-selling author, creative consultant, and all of these other great things that you've done and all of the different spots and segments and, and things that you've you've been able to partake in worldwide, that in itself embodies, you know, a new person that has really stepped into her own uh, oats and being able to say, you know what, I am who I am. I know who I am. And, you know, this is how I'm going to cast myself out into the universe. Help us understand how you were able to just really step into those circumstances and really catapult yourself to being the person and the author that you are today. I can define it by a few words, determination, (laughs) destination, Mm -hmm. and dealing. When you are in the mindset to, of uh, no matter what comes your way, you're going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You're going to handle it. You're going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. It's, you can't be defeated no matter what. Whatever goals you have set before you, whatever, you know, aspirations, dreams that are out there, if you make it up in your mind that I am determined to reach B from point A and then you're at B and then now I'm going to reach C from B, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just makes it that much more, you know, that much more easier. So in my mind, since I said that I was now going to live a life full and free Mm-hmm. After the death of my mom, I just didn't give myself any other option. And I still don't. No right. matter what the situation is, it could be in love. <laughs> it could be in, you know, other personal issues of my life, uh, different goals that I have uh, from time to time. I don't give myself any options out. It's like, no, I'm not opting out. I'm, I'm all in. I'm subscribing and, and I'm subscribing to life for life forever, mm-hmm. as long as there as long as there's breath in me. The greatest mm-hmm. success that I have to date has nothing to do with book sales or being able to, you know, command a certain amount of money for speaking or for appearances. The greatest success, well, actually I have two. The first greatest success is when someone that I've impacted or I've influenced sends me a message or an email or they contact me through social media and say, you know, I heard you on this or I read this or I saw this and this changed my life. Mm-hmm. It is th- that is the greatest feeling in the world, because I feel like that's something that's like the gift that keeps on giving, because whatever I've the seed that I invested in them, they now can go back and invest it in someone else. 
Absolutely. So that's an amazing success. And the, the other one is just being able to know who I am. Mm-hmm. because I didn't once upon a time I, I I was like all over the place but now that I know who I am I know my purpose on this you know on this amazing land it's like that is the true success for me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. wow you know I uh I have no 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 follow-up behind <laughs> that because I'm I'm right online with you I mean Right. To me, complimental uh, feedback based on one person or based on many different people, you know, I get those same type of, you know, emails and like you said, social media, re, you know, outreach responses. And it just lifts my heart when people say, you know, I heard episode such and such and what you said it was, it, it felt like it was directed at me. And it's just like, wow, you know, and, and, and these will be people I don't even know, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's powerful. It's, it's, uh, it's enlightening, you know, it's, it's, it's something that really gets us back to the nurturing, the, the, the nourishment that our soul really strives for each and every single day. And sometimes we get so far removed from our true selves that we don't allow for that door to stay open for that nourishment to come in and heal us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <agree> yeah. More. <laughs> yeah. I just, I know that having the opportunity for what I do to motivate, to celebrate, to illuminate other people mm-hmm. is just, it's an, it's an incredible feeling that in itself is success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Angela, you know, as we wrap up here, my last question would be is if if individuals wanted to reach out, uh, they want to understand how to get your books, they obviously want to um, figure out how they can maybe could reach out to you for public speaking engagement. What would be the best way for individuals listening to this program to contact you and uh, obviously inquire some of those services? Again, Gregory, thank you so much for having me on Cut to the Chase podcast. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. It is definitely an honor Mm -hmm. (laughs) to have been a guest. Mm -hmm. I can be reached through my website, which is www.inotherwordsbystone.com. Or they can just Google Angela Marshall, um, Augusta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, certainly thank you for providing that information. And to our listeners, I'm going to wrap up with a quote that really kind of summarizes everything that we've discussed. And it goes like this. It says, strength and growth comes only through continuous effort and struggle. You will never know how strong you are until beginning to strengthen your choice. A calm mind brings inner strength and self-confidence, and that's very important for good health and good conscious, good mind, good body, and a good soul. And so, Angela, thank you very much for reaching out to us. This has been a joyous and very delightful conversation. Uh, I'm sure that our listeners will, will be all over this 
because in a lot of cases, when you start talking about struggle, strength, and success, that's a that's a hot topic with a lot of a lot of things that are going on in the world today. And we definitely, definitely appreciate having you on board as our featured guest today. Thank you so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. And yes, struggles and strengths and success is universal. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so folks, this has been episode 142. I'm your host, Gregory Proctor. And as I always say at the end of every episode, let's find a way to bring forth unity and togetherness, try to make this world a better place. Again, this has been episode 142 entitled Struggle, Strength, and Success. Thank you again, Miss Angela Marshall. I'm Gregory Proctor, your host. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.